0: Oh, Christian. Hey, Andrew. Hey, I got a question. Uh, I don't know if I can take it today. <laughs> what do you call a snake that's 3.14 meters long? Uh, Pie. A python. Oh, so close. <laughs> Roll that intro music. This is my welcome. What is up, Project Unifam?
1: If I thought about the question, I would have gotten it. Yeah. But.
0: Well, I knew, like, that, oh. that was the one that I, I told uh, Marshall I probably wouldn't get a reaction out of because you hear 3.14, what's the first thing you think of? Pie. Pie, right? You know? Dang why, it, why are man. you staring at me like that? I
1: just didn't think it was funny. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so right. close. But anyways, guys, we are back with you tonight. And uh, we're going to continue on in our series of What's Next, and we're going to be looking at a a topic that I really was intrigued with when we brought it up, talking about the work of the Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost, depending on what generation you are. (laughs) You know, we hear the term Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit all the time, and you automatically think it's like this Casper figure floating around and you don't really understand what the purpose of the Holy ghost is. Yeah. I have found out a lot of people know what the Trinity is, but they don't understand the Trinity uh, Yeah, and they don't understand that the Holy spirit. Cause you think of God, the father, right? Creator of everything. You think of God, the son, Jesus Christ. And then you hear God, the Holy spirit, and everybody feels like it's not as important as the other two of the Trinity. Yeah. When in fact it's 33 and a third, just as important.
1: We know more about Jesus' 33 years here on this earth, but we know less about the last 2,000 years that the Holy Spirit has been among us. Exactly. And so, yeah, especially last, like, I know I was telling, I don't remember if I was telling Abigail this or uh, my friend Jonathan this, but 2020 was such a big year for me, like spiritually. Mm -hmm. It was probably the best year of my life. And I don't say that a lot because I know it was a really hard year for a lot of people. Um, but spiritually, it was definitely the best year of my life. I've grown so much in just my faith and in my knowledge of the Holy Spirit. And I was telling Abigail this, that so many times we think, like especially as grown-up Baptist, we hear the term Holy Spirit and we get a little scared whenever that term comes up. And so knowing that the Pentecostal Church doesn't have monopoly on the Holy Spirit, yeah. but whenever we become born again believers the holy spirit indwells dwells in us for the rest of our lives that we have god inside of us and so i think that's as a baseline super important to understand that as a christian you have the holy spirit living inside of you
0: yeah you know i was actually just talking about that uh saturday with the teens you know i took them on that that outing and on the way up there i had emily ride with me because she's a youth worker now Okay. And she was riding up and she had asked me a question and I just went off on my, my little God tangent and, you know, just, and I I sat there and I was like, isn't it amazing how you could be thinking you're having a great day, but the second you really start talking about God, you just start feeling better and better and better and better. I was like, it's literally like the Holy Spirit's in your feet. And then the more you talk about God, the more God anoints you and blesses you that That your spirit just fills. For sure. And next thing you know, you're like covered head to toe in the Holy Spirit. Like you said, it's like, it's bad juju for a Baptist to think (laughs) that the Holy Spirit does anything other than convict us. Yeah. Or get us closer to God. Yeah. But it's like, we're we're afraid to admit that it's a living spirit. For sure. And it moves in our life and it causes us to move. Mm Mm-hmm. I w- oh, that's what I was talking about. I was talking about, uh, we were talking about worship, right? Yeah. And how a lot of times Baptists feel reluctant to worship the way they really want to, because we know Baptists can be judgmental <laughs> and we were talking about worshiping and I was talking about, uh, I'm the, I'm the TV carrier yeah, and then yeah, field yeah. goal, yeah. you know, and, uh, we were talking about that and I was talking about how worship, like when you're in worship music, uh, cause we had somehow gotten off on uh, CCM versus traditional and stuff like that. And I was not discrediting traditional cause I love the old hymns, you know, but at the same time, I'm not the same guy I was the first time I was at Calvary where I was like, no CCM, you know, <laughs> yeah. because you take a look at everybody who worships to, to contemporary Christian music, like churches that do it right, mm-hmm. you know, like a uh, broken church. Right. Like every time I go there, dude, it's like I'm worshiping God It's like completely vertical. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm worshiping God and and I'm giving it all to God. But in return, like he's filling me with the Holy Spirit for sure. You know, and it's it's crazy to think that that some Bible believing Christians don't feel like we should get anything out of worship, that it should solely be on us praising God. And I'm like, yeah, that's the number one key. We should praise God. But you're crazy to think that God's not going to give you something in return, give you that blessing in return for praising him, for submitting to him. You know, so we, we got to talking about that. And I was talking about getting filled with the, the Holy Spirit. But yeah, man, Baptists, we just, <laughs> we're we're so scared to admit that like we can get filled with the Holy Spirit. you yeah. know without jumping around and doing cartwheels down the aisle or anything. <laughs> yeah, like
1: whenever like a Baptist thinks of it, we think of like Benny Hinn, you know, that one dude that heals people miraculously, quote-unquote. Yeah. And like that's what they think of, and they're totally wrong yeah. in thinking about that. And so um, I'm going to go ahead and jump to um, John 14. I'm going to be skipping around a, in a couple verses, but verse 16 will start out and it says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. Verse 17, he is the spirit of truth. The word is unable to receive him because it doesn't see him or know him, but you do know him because he remains in you and will be in you. Verse 25, I have spoken these things to you while I remain with you. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you in all things and remind you of everything I have told you. And so this is whenever... Uh, Jesus talking to the disciples, and this is really when uh, it becomes real. Like Jesus is about to leave; he is about to be crucified, and he is about to leave, like forever. Yeah. Until he co- returns, whenever he returns, and so this is whenever he's comforting the disciples, saying, "Hey, I am leaving, but a counselor will come that is greater than I, and greater works he will do because I leave." And this is his comfort to us even today. That even though he is, Jesus is not here anymore, God is still here. Yeah. And going to Romans 12, 1, therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and t- pleasing to God. This is your true worship. And I was thinking about this verse. Whose body are we supposed to give our lives to? God is sitting on his throne. Jesus already had a body. Yeah. the Holy Spirit dwells in this earth without a body. yeah and so to the Holy Spirit we are supposed to give our bodies to the full use of him. And just like as we were talking like how worship how worship is fully vertical, true worship in that way our life should be the same for the Holy Spirit. Whenever we think of our lives being a living sacrifice, we need to think of God indwelling us at the moment of salvation that he still lives in us. And so, everything we do, uh, 1 Corinthians 10 31, and whatever you do, whatever the eater, drinker, whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. And so, everything we do has to be God focused, God centered, and intentional to the well pleasing of our Lord and Savior as the Holy Spirit lives and works in us.
0: Yeah. You know, kind of going back to what you were talking about, when we get saved, it talks about Jesus coming into our lives, like filling our heart, right? And when you look at it in that sense, Jesus had a body. Jesus yeah. was man. So how can a, a physical body impute our body? It wasn't talking about Jesus' body. It was talking about his spirit in which he left, mm-hmm. which is what? The Holy Spirit. It's one of those things with the Trinity that we, we get so confused on because we think of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit as, even though they are one, they're three different entities, Right. But we fail to realize that even though they're three entities, they're also one. Yeah. You know, we forget the oneness sometimes because you look at uh, how people talk about Jesus being the son of God. Well, they forget in John 1, 1, it also talks about he was God. Yeah. You know, it was God in man form, but it was also the son of God. That's right. And non believers are so quick to discredit that because they're like, well, how is that possible? Well, you can't base it on our knowledge of how things exist. Yeah. Because God does not exist in our platform. Like time does not exist in God. You know, God created time. Mm -hmm. So he lived in a in a point in time where there was no time. You know, like he doesn't he doesn't just confine to the realms of our world. He created everything. So when you start talking about the Trinity and you start throwing around the Holy Spirit or Jesus Christ, you have to remember that it was not Jesus Christ the the human that comes into your your heart and lives within you but it's jesus's spirit that's right you know because his body had ascended back to heaven you know it's like uh oh the verse it says i no longer live but christ that lives within me in the life i live now live i live or I'm getting confused. Uh, Never, nevertheless,
1: I live, but Christ lives in me in the life I now live in the flesh. In the flesh. I live yeah. by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me.
0: Yeah. How how does Christ live within you if he was flesh as well? It, it's one of those things where you've got to realize that the Holy Spirit is what fills us. It's Jesus' spirit that fills us. Not his body. It wasn't him the man that filled us. It was him the spirit. It, it's... One of those things where you see the Trinity actually work together, you know, it's like at Jesus' baptism where you see all three versions of the Trinity separately. Yeah, the voice, then, the dove, and the son. Yes. But then you see stuff like this where two of them are working together. But to go back on John 14, 26, where it says that the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring you to remembrance all that I have said to you. Mm-hmm. So you have to look at it. The Holy Spirit is a helper who teaches and reminds us. Yeah. That's what Jesus left him here for. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what Jesus sent him to this earth to to dwell with us for. You know, the Greek word uh, parakletos in the passage is translated as as a helper. It's an advocate. Yeah. So the Holy Spirit is our advocate.
1: And the CSB, it translates as counselor.
0: Counselor. You know, there's, there's so many different terms to use for the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And that's why I, I'm glad we're doing the study because a lot of people just think of it as like a ghost that's here to tell us right from wrong when mm-hmm. in all actuality, the Holy Spirit's here to do so much more. That's right. But to look at it, you know, the Holy Spirit is also here to convict the world of sin. You know, that, that conviction, once you become a sinner or a, a Christian and when you start sinning as a Christian, you get that, that conviction of sin you know, like, oh, man, I shouldn't be doing this. As opposed to non-believers who do it and think that it's just okay because they're going to live according to how they want to mm-hmm. versus how God wants us to. You know, so you have to remember the Holy Spirit is, in fact, here to convict us of our sins. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it says in John 16, 7 and 8, it says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is your advantage that I go away. For I, if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. So right there, Jesus was telling him, listen, he's going to come and he's going to do this. But also in John, he also tells him he's here to teach us and bring us remembrance of things. Yeah. You know, it, it's amazing. Once you start looking at these things, you you start seeing all the different functions that the Holy Spirit does. Mm-hmm. And then you start realizing how much of your daily walk with God is because of the Holy Spirit convicting you and filling you and and teaching you and counseling you. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's unreal to notice how much the Holy Spirit actually has in our life.
1: Yeah. I think whenever, because we strive to live like Christ, we strive to be more like Christ and through the Holy Spirit. That is how we do it. It's, by our depraved self, we cannot do it. We are sinful. We are um, fallible. We don't. We don't know how. But through the Spirit working in us, that is how we become a Christ-like human. That's how we become a true Christ follower. And so, even today, um, whenever we think of how can I be more like Christ, listen to the Holy Spirit as He speaks in you through the Word of God, and as He even The still small voice that He speaks through you. That is a very important thing to listen to. Because I think even last week we talked about bitterness and how Andrew had to either quench the Spirit whenever the Holy Spirit came to him and said this, or it was either he had to quench the Holy Spirit or he had to listen to the Holy Spirit. And so even as we live today, a good application point is, are you going to live in a way that's Christ-centered, that listens to the Spirit as He speaks, or... Are you going to choose to quench the Holy Spirit and to um, not listen to what he says? Because if you choose to quench the Holy Spirit, that is a sin, and it's yeah. not the right side of the coin you want to be on.
0: No, I, I can tell you just from my realization I had uh, last week, It's uh, you never really understand like how much of a, a weight you're living under how much it's hindering you from just hitting your full potential. Because, you know, we, we talked about bitterness and stuff like, you know, bitterness and anger. And a lot of times you don't see that it affects your daily life. Yeah. You know, I was still waking up. I was still going to work. I was getting my job done. I was still getting my parental duties done. I was still getting my husbandly duties done, but I didn't realize how much emotionally it was taking at me. Mm. So it wasn't until the, the Holy Spirit convicted me and I talked to God and instead of quenching that, that conviction, I embraced it and that correction and that rebuke that God did that, like, like I was talking about, you know, I would drive by the church and just automatically think negatively. Well, like I drove, I drove by it this morning and saw cars there and realized that they're starting some new kind of ministry. I want to say it's a daycare, Right and I, I'm not exactly sure because I didn't go in and be like, Hey, what's going on here? <laughs> you know, but just seeing like that. And I was like, Oh, that's awesome. Like they're starting yeah. a daycare. That's, you know, that's like great. a Christian daycare. That's, that's what the the community needs, you know? And, you know, Ria Vista, they have a lot of, uh, I hate to put it this way, but like poverty families, hmm. you know? Uh, so if they're doing that at like a much discounted rate or even free for those families yeah. like that, is such a blessing to those families who can't That's afford childcare and for them to be able to have that. So like if they're a one income family, now they can become a two income family and just help bless other families. I was like, man, that is just truly awesome. That's great. That conviction I had last week and that talk I had last week changed my outlook. Cause I could honestly probably tell you like driving by it. If I didn't, if I quenched that conviction, I'd be like, Oh, I wonder what they're <laughs> doing now, you know? But it, yeah, it's just an amazing thing. Here's another thing that the Holy Spirit does. You ready? It gives spiritual gifts to believers. Mm. Right? So I'm in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 7 through 11. It says, uh, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to everyone for the common good. To one is given by the Spirit uh, the word of wisdom, to another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another, faith by the same Spirit, and to another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another, the workings of miracles. To another, prophecy, to another, discerning this, uh, of spirits, to another, various kinds of tongues, and to another, the interp- uh, interpretation of tongues. But the one and very same Spirit works all these, dividing each one individually as He will. So the Holy Spirit is here to give us gifts like wisdom, knowledge, stuff like that. You know, yeah. things that we wouldn't get uh, otherwise. Because let's put it this way. Jesus Christ is not physically walking this earth right now, mm-hmm. so if I have a question when I read the Bible, I can't just call up Jesus on the hotline and be like, "Hey, bro, <laughs> like I got I got a question about you know something in John chapter four, I can't I can't do that." Yeah, but the Holy Spirit gives me that knowledge. Helps us, you know, has given knowledge to interpreters to take those those manuscripts from Hebrew, uh, Greek. Uh, all right, Arabic Arabic all those and translate them to languages that we understand so the word can go out to all the ends of the earth yeah you know and and it's just amazing that it was the Holy Spirit that did that yeah you know it's just I don't know it's crazy it is I can't I can't like going through this study it just it blew my mind how much I have overlooked that the Holy Spirit actually does
1: yeah yeah, so Ephesians 5.18 says be filled. It's, actually, I'll read the whole entire verse. Do not get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled by the Spirit. Uh, be filled in the Greek is in the interpretive mood. Um, that means that it is a command. But not only is it a command, it's actually also in the present tense and therefore is a continuous action. So being filled is something we should, is a command that we should be doing daily. Uh, and so this means that version was to realize that the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, like we've talked about at the moment of salvation, He indwells in us, and um, even in Romans eight fourteen, Paul writes that for all those led by God's Spirit are God's sons. And so I, even when we talked about adoption, whenever we get saved, the Holy Spirit comes inside of us, and we are called the children of God. Yeah. And so the filling of the Holy Spirit is something we should be doing daily. And so as we uh even think about the holy spirit today and the, all the things that he does for us we should be constantly in a state and it's a command in Romans and Ephesians 5:18 that we should be filled daily continuously with the spirit
0: yeah i mean you got to think as christians you know abigail have you ever felt depleted of your faith like oh yeah you know like so how how do you get refilled to where you know when you're in a in a valley how do you get back to the mountaintop?
1: I think it's important. I think it's an important thing because Paul writes to not get drunk with wine. Getting drunk is something that completely overtakes your mental, your physical well-being. Yeah, and whether you're getting high on drugs, you could put that in there as well. Whatever yeah. you just something does, it overtakes your physical and emotional, mental body. What Paul is writing, it says on the contrast be filled with the spirit and so let the spirit overtake your physical your mental your emotional well-being and let him have full reign over your body yeah and so how can we strengthen ourselves and that is to be filled with the spirit to go to god's word to listen to music that is well-pleasing to god and to something i'm reading about right now uh is silence and solitude it's taken from psalm 56 i think be still and know that i am god Mm -hmm. and so um it's something that uh uh back in like 300 a.d uh wrote about and it's been a very interesting practice uh we'll have to do a podcast episode on it in a couple months but yeah and so just letting the spirit just overtake your body Uh, Whether it be through music, whether it be through God's word, whether it be through the preaching of God's word, whether it be through talking with brothers and sisters about your faith, Uh, whatever the case may be, let the spirit completely overtake your body and let him have full reign over uh, your personal life, your
0: um, church life, whatever it may be. I I mean, just on a daily basis, like in your quiet time, make sure it's an absolute quiet time. You know what I'm saying? When when I do my quiet time, I have to like turn my phone and all my screens like off or away from me. Yeah. Because I'm so easy to get distracted mid-study. I feel that. At that point, you're not giving the spirit your full attention. Your yeah. full Your full commitment. So you're not going to be completely full. It's just like a car. You know, I can put $10 in gas and it's going to get me to where I need to go. But I'll probably have to put more in right then because I did not fill up on it Yeah. versus when I fill my truck up, I could go a week and a half without needing anything else. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. The Holy Spirit's that same way. If you're just dabbling and putting $10 worth of the Holy Spirit in your spiritual gas tank, you're constantly going to have to go back and fill up. But if you go ahead and fill up and then refill up when it's not waiting until the gas light comes on, but when you're like a quarter tank and refill up, then you're, it's less likely that your faith is going to be depleted
1: yeah going off of that i heard a quote um that was more of a question but if the holy spirit was completely taken out from your life from your church whatever it may be how much of your life or your church would go unchanged 12 like how 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 much of your life would change just based, solely based on the holy spirit not being involved in your life how much time do you personally give to the Holy Spirit? You don't have to answer it, but how much time do you personally give to the Holy Spirit? That if He was taken that. out, would you be changed?
0: Uh, my life, quite a bit, tell you the truth.
1: And so, uh, and it's so many, like just the busyness of the world we live in. Yeah, like we totally just overpass so many things that we see and even hear in our life. And so that's the question that I was like, oh, shoot, yeah. quite a bit,
0: actually. So here, here's my question, then, because this kind of goes along with it. Have you ever been in a spiritual battle against sin or Satan or yeah. temptation? How do you win that spiritual battle? Through the Spirit. Right? Because the Holy Spirit helps in a Christian's weakness and intercedes for them. Mm-hmm. Okay? Romans chapter 8, verses 26 and 27 says, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans Mm. and he who searches our hearts and knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So people, you want to know what the Holy Spirit does when you're in that spiritual battle with Satan, when you're, when your faith is tested and you're ready to let go That's when the Holy Spirit comes in he fights for you. Yeah. It goes along along with uh, Psalms forty six one about God being our refuge. Mm -hmm. Well, the Holy Spirit is that refuge here on earth for us. Yeah. That steps in in those battles when we're, you know, because God says, I'll never give you more than you can handle. For sure. And the reason why he does that is because when you're getting beat, that's when the Holy Spirit steps in and takes the weight for you.
1: Yeah, I honestly think whenever we get to heaven... So much is going to be revealed to us first off. Like, it's going to be so weird. But I think one of the things we're going to come to know is how many times the Holy Spirit actually came to our aid. Like, there's so many times in our life where, like, man, if the Holy Spirit just step in, I'd be fine. But little do we know in our little finite human minds how much the Holy Spirit is actually taking full control of our life. Like, so we don't know what kind of attacks Satan has planned for us in the future and what attacks he even has for us right now. But I I truly think that whenever we get to heaven, we're going to be revealed all of the battles that the Holy Spirit fought for us that we didn't even know about Yeah, because the Holy Spirit came to our aid. I'll also say sometimes when we, like with what Christian was saying, when we forget to, when we don't realize how many times the Holy Spirit has stepped in for us, it's because we've also forgotten how to look for reasons to give god the glory for those little battles that's like oh well i didn't do that thing Yay, i did so good yeah. it's, well that's the holy spirit working and sometimes we forget because it's not something a lot of churches have talked about it's not something that a lot of people talk about we totally go without even identifying that's the holy spirit
0: working in us mm-hmm. yeah was it last week on the on the podcast i was talking about uh focusing on the good instead of the or the wins versus the losses or was i think
1: that, so, I think so. Is there that one? or No,
0: I was talking about that with the Teens Wednesday. Because we're we're going through faith right now in our Wednesday series. And uh, I was talking about a lot of times we're so quick to focus on on the losses that we have. You know, like if there's one specific sin you're really, really battling with. And we always focus on when we fail to overcome that sin that day. You know, we dwell on, oh, I just, I, I couldn't do it. Maybe next time, maybe next time. But it's the one day you don't do it. We don't focus on the win. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, our mentality, if we would start focusing on the one or two wins we have versus Mm. the 20 times we lose, your mentality will start to shift. Yeah. You know, and that goes back to Romans where it talks about be transformed by the renewing of your mind. For sure. You have to change the way you think about those things, and you have to give it over to the Holy Spirit and and start focusing on the wins versus the losses. You know, it's like sports. Coaching football, I always tell the boys, you know, my football team does not win win games. It just we can't compete in the league we're in. So if the boys were to sit there and focus on all the losses that we have, they would never get out of the funk, and they would never have the hope of winning the game and, yeah. and the desire to fight to keep going.
1: They'd stay discouraged.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So it's the, when they do a good tackle in practice and you praise them for it and you tell them good job, they start focusing on, well, I did that right. Yeah. And so it it builds their confidence and builds their their strength towards and their their muscle memory towards, all right, well, I'm going to start doing it like that now. And I think that's no different than than our daily lives and our daily walk. Hmm. If you continuously focus on the losses, you're you're just gonna live in loss.
1: Yeah, that's so true. Like we're watching the Stars game. Don't remind me of how that game went though. <laughs> we're watching the Stars game a few nights ago, and uh, it was disgusting, dude. It was horrible. And after, so after we lost the Stanley Cup last year, you can tell that that loss took a toll on a lot of the players, just because it's a championship. Like that's what you dream of. Yeah. And that loss takes a toll. But then they use that loss to then build how can I get better from this loss? From this past series that we lost to Tampa Bay, how can we get better? And that's what they asked themselves all off season. How can I get better so I can get back to that game? Yeah. Then like especially during the regular season and Cowboy whatever sports league you like put yourself there
0: all athletes are about the same on that front
1: yeah whenever you lose a game it's in basketball and baseball and hockey it's a little bit different because you got a game right after that in football you got a week to dwell on it yeah but let's say in hockey the stars lost that game and it was a pretty tough loss but then you got to bounce back yeah. i mean you got to learn there's the coach comes in after the in the locker room after the game and says a couple things and they forget about it they literally forget about the loss yeah they don't dwell on the loss. They don't think about the loss. They're like, okay, what can I do to get better? They look at the iPad, see how we can get better. Then they go out the next day to practice, look at that, and then they get better from their past mistakes. Then the next day they have a game. And they got to forget about the loss they just had and focus on the next goal, which is the next game. And so many times in our lives today, we look at the losses that we have against Satan, and we don't get better from our losses we dwell on those and that's what's hold us back so many times from the goodness and the glory that the holy spirit can bring we dwell on the losses that satan puts us through and we do not give the power that the holy spirit has any faith we just look at our loss and say how can i get back like how can i even do something else but then we look we don't look at the winds like you were just saying and whenever we look at the winds we see the glory that the Holy Spirit has. Mm-hmm. We see the power that he possesses. And then we say, you know what, Satan? My king already conquered this, and so can I. No. And we look, and this is how we get better. And then we get better, and we live more through the Holy Spirit. We get filled more with the Holy Spirit, and we win those battles daily. And we look at Satan and say, I conquered you. Exactly. And then, of course, he's going to give another battle, and we may lose a few more. But at the end, we know that our king has already conquered sin and death.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I feel like even though we we all know it and we hear it all the time, it's never a bad thing to reaffirm people. You are a child of God. Yeah. Now, what you need to understand, what the Holy Spirit does, is it confirms our relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Right? So, Romans 8.16, and actually, I'm going to start back in verse 14. But it says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God... These are the sons of God, for you have not received the spirit of slavery again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption. You keep hearing this word spirit a lot, right? And we got to remember, what spirit is that? The Holy Spirit, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, whom, uh, by whom we cry, Abba Father, right here, verse 16, it confirms our relationship with God. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. Not that we may be the children of God, or we could possibly be the children of God, but it confirms that we are the children of God, right? So the spirit of truth will come. Uh, the I'm sorry, the spirit himself will testify with our spirits that we are God's children. Hmm. So you have to understand, God is not going to let you fall. Yeah, He is a father, right? We, we're looking at the Holy Spirit. Well, let's look at God the Father for a second. As a father, there are times that... I let Jackson run his mistakes, right? Because that's how he's going to learn. But anything that's detrimental to his life, I'm not going to let him make those mistakes. Yeah. You know, like I, I am a gun owner, right? Jackson will never touch a gun without me being right there because it's detrimental to his health. That's a mistake that if, if he were to make that mistake, I can't take back, Mm -hmm. you know, therefore as his father, I'm going to oversee that and make sure that he does not touch it. And I also made sure early on when he first started shooting guns that he understands gun safety. Yeah. That he knows you don't touch a gun. They're not toys. Well, it's the same thing with, with God the Father and us. Like, yeah, he's he allows us to have that free will to where we make these mistakes because how else do we learn? You know, at the end of the day, our fathers can tell us, don't do this, don't do that as many times, right? And and I'm looking at all four of us here. How many times has your, your father told you don't do that? And you turn around and you did it. A lot. A lot. Right. As
1: many times as he said it.
0: (laughs) Exactly, Marshall. There's quite a few myself. (laughs) Exactly. So it's the few times that our fathers allow us to make those mistakes to learn. That way when we when we do it and it backfires and it blows up in our face, we're like, Oh hey, maybe I shouldn't do that anymore. Yeah. You know? I caught a charge two weeks after I turned seventeen. My dad couldn't stop me from doing it. So what does he do? He he helps me out with the legality things, and he tells me, he goes, now you know what your decisions entail in your life. He goes, I won't help you a second time. Hmm. So I made sure not to do it again <laughs> because I was like, hey, I don't like this. Like, I don't like being stamped as a criminal. I yeah. don't. You know, and, and I still deal with the repercussions of that to this day because there are still things that, like, it has kept me from getting jobs hmm. in the past. It has kept me from doing certain things because I have this little – like little blemish on my record now. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's not a good thing. So you have to understand is God, the father, he's not going to let you do anything that's detrimental to your life or to his will. Mm. That's when the spirit intercedes to, to help us. But also the, the spirit confirms our relationship with God. He says, whoa, 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 you are a child of God. You should not be acting this way. Yeah. You know, that's when like all these things we we've said that the Holy spirit does like entwines into one when he confirms that we are children of God, that's him convicting us of our sins. That's him helping us when we're, when we're needy uh, or when we, when we're weak. Mm-hmm. And that's also him confirming our relationship with God. Yeah. Confirming that you are a child of God. You should have pride in that title.
1: Yeah. And I think it just straight going along with that Titus three four four through seven says, but when the kindness of God, our savior and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us not by works of righteousness that we have done, but according to His mercy through the washing of regeneration and renewal by the Holy Spirit. Verse 6, He poured out His Spirit on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by His grace, we may become heirs with the hope of eternal life. And that's that's what it all boils down to. We know that whenever we become children of God, that we inherit the Holy spirit of God, that we are sealed, uh, by adoption with the Holy spirit. Yeah. And that when we, um, live out our Christian life with, through the Holy spirit, as we constantly become filled with him, we can then have a Christ centered Christ filled, um, life that we strive to have as our ultimate example did on this earth.
0: Yeah. Uh, to go right along back with that uh the holy spirit makes us holy.
1: Mm. Right? I'm playing ping pong over
0: here. <laughs> I'm telling you, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 at verse 11, but I'm going to start a little before just so you get a little uh context baby. Yeah. We'll start at verse 9, right? 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 9 it says, "Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral nor adulterers nor nor adulterers Nor male prostitutes, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor uh, extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, and you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by what? The Spirit of our God. It's good. Right? The Holy Spirit makes us holy. You have to understand... Sanctification is nothing that you will achieve on your own. It is nothing you will do. But the Holy Spirit will do it with you. Because the Holy Spirit will make you holy. Man, that's crazy, right? Quit throwing signs up at me, Marshall. You don't tell me <laughs> my, my truth. Uh, I just did.
1: <laughs> and I I love Acts 1-8. But when you receive power, the word power is dunamis. is where we get the word dynamite. Yeah. The word we receive power when the Holy spirit has come to you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the world. And so as we look at that verse, when we receive the Holy spirit, we receive this Holy power that no other being can possess because only solely because of the Holy spirit,
0: it gives us the boldness to share the good news of, of Jesus. Yeah. You know, it the Holy Spirit's what gives you the strength to go out and share the gospel. That's right. You know, that conviction
1: or that, uh, pressing on of us to share the gospel with a certain person.
0: Exactly. I mean, it's, uh, I don't know. The Holy Spirit does a lot in our lives that, that I'm not because they're all one, right? So thanking God in your prayers or thanking Jesus in your prayers. You're also thanking the Holy Spirit, but at times like, now I kind of wanted to just single out the Holy Spirit and give thanks to the Holy Spirit for what all it does, because even though they are one, they are also three. Yeah, you know, and it, it's I feel like uh, <laughs> sometimes the Holy Spirit doesn't give the thanks that it's deserved.
1: No, I no definitely he does not. Uh, I think one of the things that we do, even lo- like looking at the Holy Spirit, I've heard he's the most humble of any being on this earth because so many times like especially growing up we'd hear messages all the time about god how yeah. he created the universe how he uh kept his people uh through the old testament and how he sent his son in the new testament thinking about jesus the life of jesus the death and the resurrection of jesus uh but then we don't never hear anything about the holy spirit yeah like we don't uh, we pray through Jesus' name but to the father. Yeah. <laughs> and so we totally <laughs> leave out the spirit. And so, yeah, I, one of the things that I, even I learned in 2020 was that the Holy spirit is still working. Yeah. He's alive. Oh yeah. And he's, he, he, as many times we forget him, he never forgets us. And he lives inside of us. He indwells us. He convicts us. He comforts us. uh, He loves on us and he approves us. I mean, as we've talked about all throughout this episode. And so, uh, what I would leave y'all with is that the Holy Spirit is alive. Uh, give him the time he deserves. Yeah, I think so many times in the church today and in, the, in our lives today, we don't give him the time we deserve, that yeah. he deserves. Um, we create our church services on this schedule, on this timesheet that we have. At, um, the first 15 minutes we sing, uh, it, we pray, we give announcements. Uh, we have a special, whatever we, and then the preaching, and then invitation, and then we leave. Yeah. There's no room for the spontaneity. I know that scares a lot of people. Spontaneity, Uh-oh. Yeah. uh, of the Holy Spirit to work. And so, as we look today, let the Holy Spirit have the free reign. <laughs> Andrew's looking around.
0: No. Come on, Abigail, do it. Well, oh, just because it's your husband, <laughs> it's you're not. Gonna- not How do you say it? Do you not remember me and her? Spontaneity. Spontaneity? <laughs> what is Spont- that? Do you not remember me and her just having this conversation what, <laughs> no. an hour ago? <laughs> and I thought and I it was spontaneity, though. It is spontaneity. It is spontaneity. Okay, spontaneity. That's what I thought. All right, hold on. Hold on. We're going to put this to rest, Abigail, okay? Oh, my goodness. All right, so, what, what do you say? Hold on. Spontaneity. Hold on. Spontaneity. We're, we're going to put this on trial real that. quick. You ready for uh, our no. right, listeners? We're going to go down a three minute rabbit hole. This could be okay. just
1: Texans from Alabamians. Like, so, it's just different how no. we. Yes. No so i've never heard it said this way. when when oh, abigail fine.
0: and christian got to the studio today i I, f- I forget what i was even talking about but i said the word spontaneity now she like immediately and as y'all have noticed through the weeks abigail don't try and let me get away with nothing okay. right like she calls me out on everything <laughs> she's worse than my wife sometimes <laughs> so she was like uh you said that wrong. It's spotinuity. And I'm like, tomato, tomato. And she was like, no, tomato's wrong. And I'm like, so you're going disc- to, I heard that part. Yeah. And I was like, you're going to discredit the whole, like, I, I don't even know, continent country of England. Cause <laughs> their accent. I was like, no. So in the sense you have three people who are saying spontaneity, not spot So this is what we're gonna do. We're going to take it to a vote. Right. Right. Now, Kirsten, just because it's your wife, you don't back out of what you just said. Now. I already said it. Okay. Wait, <laughs> it's recorded. So if you. You can't have the four of us vote because if it's you believe already it's, unfair, Andrew. If, why? Because it's right? No. And you're not. <laughs> So, She's if you mad. believe it's spontaneity, raise your hand. Y'all are psychos. If you believe it's spontaneity, raise your hand. Oh, three to one. So oh, my <laughs> and First of all, Whatever.
1: the singular, spontaneous. It's not spontaneous. Oh, good Oh, that's grief. good. That's good Ooh. stuff. Okay, so, if you agree with me,
0: saying. leave a comment down below. If you agree with Andrew. Share
1: it. Share it.
0: Quickly. Share it. We'll we'll put I'll, share it that Abigail's a, wrong. You know what? I'm gonna do a post right now. Spontuity versus spontaneity. <sighs> yeah, do a. Uh, How
1: are you gonna spell that though? I don't know. I'll do, <laughs> I'll do it later. Immediately puts his phone down.
0: <laughs> I'll do it later. But uh, yeah, man, the Holy Spirit. I I feel like we, we could go on about this for like three four hours. Yeah. We could do multiple episodes about this. Uh, is there anything else you want to add? I, I feel like we're moral gonna
1: of story. Let the Holy Spirit have full reign be constantly filled it's a command Ephesians 5:18 be filled command present tense active always happening always be filled with the holy spirit
0: exactly when you when you receive salvation you give your life to Jesus Christ that's right the, the holy spirit's part of that it's a
1: daily progress
0: yeah. process you can you can't give your work. life to Jesus Christ without giving it over to the holy spirit too that's right it's just it, it, it's like married with children you can't have one without the other you know what i'm saying so uh you, you got anything else besides that Christian? Nope, I'm good. all right, there we go. you got anything you want to add? miss spontaneity? No, all right then <laughs> uh listen guys this is uh this is a bittersweet moment because next week's episode <sighs> will be our final episode in person with Christian at least for a while. Yeah. I assume whenever y'all come home to visit uh we'll try and schedule it you know, to where we can do an episode in person. Yes. Uh, yes. But as far as the, the four person team in person, this is next week's going to be it. And, uh, (laughs) we're pretty sad, but we're going to do a pizza party and have some fun. Uh, you gotta wreck the moment. Yours is like
1: that too. You gotta wreck the moment. Yeah.
0: But, uh, My bad. I'm sorry. I I want you guys, and and I'll bring this back up next week as well, but what I want you guys to be doing is is definitely be praying for Christian and Abigail. Yes. They're about to uproot their lives from Alabama and Texas and move to North Carolina uh, to become full, or I guess you say full-time, even though your part-time hours. I'm sorry. When people say part-time staff, it's never just part-time. Yeah. Because even though you have another part-time or a full-time job on the side, you're still giving everything. You're to still your ministry. giving everything over to your ministry. So as he starts his full time ministry as the counseling pastor at City, City Light, Light Church, Church in Asheville, North Carolina, uh, so you guys just say a prayer for them for safe travels and that uh, that God will be merciful and and fruitful in their lives and their new marriage and also their ministry. And next week we're gonna we're gonna take kind of a week off and we're just gonna we're. We're gonna talk about their ministry and their move, and and I want to talk about the wedding a little bit and uh, pick Miss Abigail's mind on on her thoughts on it and <laughs> how marriage is with them. But also, we want to just kind of give you guys an update of where Project Unify is and our vision for for the future. And because uh, we're just have to, some fun,
1: yeah. That's what next week's planned for. Yeah, have and, some fun
0: and. Uh, we're coming up on fifty episodes pretty quick, so dang, dude, that's crazy. Yeah, we we in June will be one year that we <sighs> have been doing Project Unify.
1: Flew by, man, it flew by. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. So, uh, anyways, guys, this has been another dosage of your weekly prescribed Project Unify, brought to you by none other than your favorite doctor, Doctor Andrew Lawrence.
1: I'm actually going to go ahead. PSA, Dr. Andrew Lawrence is not a real doctor in any field, medical or otherwise.
0: That's right. Not even a football field. <laughs> but it don't matter. I may not be a, a <laughs> medical doctor, but I'm your favorite doctor. And I'm the doctor that's going to prescribe you the right stuff. So uh, anyways, in front of me is. Christian. In front of me again is. Abigail. Beside me is always the professor. Marshall. And I'm your boy, Andrew. We love you and we're out. Peace. Peace.